Hey you, my entrepreneurial friend. Of 10 years of running my coaching business, I am going to finally teach business. And of course, I'm going to teach business with human design. Because the thing that I've discovered over the last decade is that the way everyone else taught me to run a business didn't freaking work for me. So over this last decade, to create a multiple seven-figure business, I've broken all the rules. I have done everything my way. I have looked experts in the face and downright said no, all to create something I love with greater ease and flow that literally is changing the world. And the best part is it doesn't feel like work at all. It feels like I get to hang out with my best friends and I am having a huge impact on the planet at the same time. So if you own a business that you want to finally maybe start, grow, or even scale, then come and join me on the 9th of May to discover how your human design can create the most beautiful, authentic success for you. For all the details, follow the link in the show notes. I would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet today, the Arakwell people of the Bunjalung Nation, and pay my respects to the elders past, present, and emerging. Are you ready to win at the game of life? Well, throw out that rule book and get down to the business of being the best and most authentic version of you. Welcome to the Human Design Podcast. We're changing the rules around success, abundance, purpose, love, and life, where we're creating a planet where everyone can thrive in a world that loves and supports each other. I'm your host, Emma Dunwoody, a qualified master coach, human design expert, podcaster, and entrepreneur that is living the life of my dreams, breaking all the rules while doing it, making a huge impact, and living my design and manifesting miracles on the daily. Join me as I break down and simplify everything you need to live in alignment with your human design, teach you how to recondition your unconscious mind for greatness, and to take back your power so you can manifest your heaven on earth and serve the rest of the planet at the same time. It's time to give up the fear and step into your highest potential, to reach for the stars, to know and live your greatness. It's what you deserve and it's what the planet really needs from you. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. On today's episode, I get to have the best conversation with Trisha Carr, who is a 5-1 reflector. Trisha CCHT BMSC is an eco-spiritual teacher, empathic channel, transpersonal hypnotherapist, animal and nature telepath, and master multidimensional medium. Like, wow, she does all the things. Trisha has a decade of guiding others through the path of self-actualization and self-transcendence. Students and clients come to Trisha for guidance through spiritual awakenings, opening and advancing psychic abilities, healing trauma and crisis, and for aligning life purpose to professional satisfaction and a fulfilling life. Trisha is a teacher, speaker, and expert group coach, having more than a decade of leading and producing live and online programs. In all her work, Trisha utilizes gifts as a human design reflector 5-1 to attune and refine clients and students to their soul mission. This was such a beautiful conversation and I just love the diversity of this human. Like, 
you can just tell like this is a superpower of reflectors. She's got so much depth and breadth of knowledge and experience from this reflectiveness of hers. And yeah, I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. So here we go. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so excited to talk to my guest today. And so welcome, Trisha Carr. It's lovely to have you here. Oh, I'm thrilled to be on uh, my capacity to express. <laughs> so thank you for having me, Emma. I'm oh. just so blessed by the work that you're doing on our beautiful world. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I just love, I've had so many powerhouse reflectors on my podcast. So for the listeners out there, Trisha is a 5-1 reflector, cross of the plane. And I'm just so grateful and excited that I'm showing the world that you guys are absolute powerhouses, not these like wishy-washy, flippy-floppy kind of I don't know who I am from moment to moment, which is just so not true. In my experience, you guys are really, really powerful. Now, I fully get that I'm powerful and I'm seeing a lot of power in you because it's me. (laughs) However, for all of those naysayers and you know, sarcastic people out there. This is the real deal. You know, this is these, these are women, these are people and men, because I've had a, um, a Tara Valentine on as well, who are just making an epic difference in the world um, with their incredible gifts. So I'm super excited to have another amazing reflector on the show. Thank you. Thank you for talking to us. <laughs> well, thank, thank you for you. being interested in us. <laughs> oh, I'm actually, funnily enough, in my um, sidereal chart, I'm a 1 3 reflector, the cross of the Sphinx. And, you know, I'm big on, you know, like I don't follow the sidereal. Like there's no way I'm not an emotional MG. However, I do have an obsession with reflectors and making sure that I get really good quality information out there so I feel and I do feel like I really resonate with the one that I don't have in my natal chart I resonate with the sphinx so um obviously there's some sort of influence is why I'm a little bit obsessed with you guys oh I love it yes um that's really interesting I've never looked at the sidereal because like you know I've I've heard people talk about alternative charts and I'm like, but I meet a person and I, for example, I'd be like, you're an emotional manifesting generator, right? I mean, I can feel it. And I'm like, there's, it just isn't wrong when it's done with tropical and, you know, the way that the system was actually synthesized. So yeah. And that's (laughs) the thing. I'm curious then. Exactly. That's the, and that's the thing for me. I'm all about the experiment, you know, like experiment, see what works for you. And, um, and yeah, but before like, Let's not go too deep in the human design direction for right now because there's a a bunch of things that I want to talk to you um, about today. However, before we get there, um, one of the things that I think and I am so driven to teach and share in the world is, you know, us actually becoming and giving our purpose to the world, like really embodying our purpose. And for me specifically, I really believe that although we're born with our purpose, Um, there is a pivotal moment and often that pivotal moment is, and for me it was a seven-year moment, so it doesn't have to be like one discussion or one thought, um, where we kind of hit, you know, we we hit the ground really hard and it's that moment where we choose to either step up and make something magical of this really challenging dark night of the soul or we don't, we just stay in our conditioning. And obviously you are where you're at, so you've, you've had the journey. So I'd love to hear about, that journey from there to here, like what was the catalytic moment that drove you onto the journey of becoming the Trisha Carr that I'm sitting here with today? 
Oh, just one of them because I... (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. You can have as many as you want. (laughs) Well... I briefly will tell you about the most recent one because I, this year, just passed my Chiron return. And boy, did it give me a good spanking. And it's in gate 51, which is shock. And it did start with a shock. Yeah. And my husband and I are only a month apart in age. And so he has the same gate and, you know, just a month apart in that. And he had, I mean, so our household... (laughs) has been going through it, but I, it has, I'm moving out of it, but I am feeling that bit of a Phoenix from the ashes at this time. Um, but that moment, the, the more significant one, um, I guess we're going to go back to, hmm, well, one, the, the major one that put me on a more specific spiritual path, more aligned was in 2014, actually it was December 27th, 2014. And I had actually gotten to a place where I was more out of the crisis part of my conscious son, which is the gate of crisis, 36. And so I I was able to breathe a bit, you know, I was a bit more in the space of the, of the gift and the city, which would be compassion and, and humanity. I had actually a lovely relationship. I was just married to my husband. We had been together though for about nine years. I had a career that at the time I loved and was functioning with me and my all of my goofy weirdness, uh, you know. Um, and so then I was able to feel honestly what it was is I was waking up in the morning and I was having thoughts and emotions that didn't make sense for my life. You know, so just a typical empath thing, but I didn't even know the word empath because I wasn't actually in a specific spiritual seeking community. I was in a personal one, but not to where I had certain language that we tend to use now in, you know, if you were in a spiritual seeking paradigm. And so I had never gone to a psychic. I had never, not one way or the other, considered that. I didn't think it was a bad thing or a good thing. I thought there's some people and they have those experiences and that's great. But then I thought, you know what? My mind is strong. Why not do it? Maybe maybe it'll be fun. And that's a key phrase for me. Um, you know, my vocation and talk, going to Jinky's part is is three is the gate is gate three, which you know we talk about play. Richard Rudd talk, talks about play and the innocence. And so when I say it's going to be fun, then I can really get into click into alignment. <laughs> it's a key word for me. And so I had this. Um, I took, I did this 15 minute phone reading with a psychic first time in my life. Just thinking it was just going to be a bit of something. Maybe didn't, I didn't mind losing the money if it was nothing at all. I could hang up the phone if, if she was unpleasant or something. And the first thing she said was, well, you're an empath, right? And I, again, that sounded like a Star Trek term, counselor Troy. <laughs> she said, well, you experience people's feelings, emotions, and thoughts as though they are your own. And as simple as that is for those of us who are, you know, deep and years into seeking, it it was a it was a big catalyst for me. And as we know, as now as human design and our experience, all of my centers being open, my my aura is supposed to be very resilient. I'm supposed to be sampling and releasing, and that is its proper function. But as so many of us, of course, we're not always in our proper function, or we haven't been. So with the openness being holding on to things and not just and not understanding why I was sampling other people's thoughts and emotions, even if it were functioning properly. Like, why would I be having someone else's thoughts and emotions? So um, that was that was the beginning of my journey. And I will say there was a five year transition of transitioning out of the old career that I was per- thought was perfect for me 
it soon became not so perfect for me. <laughs> and, um, and then, yeah, so it was about a five-year transition there. Um, a lot of seeking, a lot of development. I actually opened up animal communication first, like from about a month, about six weeks after having that catalyst, that conversation, um, I was communicating with animals. And the first one I directly and intentionally communicated with the conversation we had saved her life and evidentially, you know, so wow. I was hooked. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. There are so many things I want to ask you about. Mm -hmm. Like I want to ask you about your car and I want to ask you about the animals. I want to, you know, talk about, I love that you loved the career because so often mm -hmm. we actually hear people say, oh, I just hated my career and I wanted to change. But the fact mm -hmm. that you, like, you were so like in a happy place, clearly that place felt good. And yeah. so, so many places I want to go. Um, can we go first to the Chiron? We're going to go back to the Chiron yeah. for peace and talk a little bit about mm -hmm. that because interesting. I because I suppose we're probably pretty close in age, mm -hmm. um, but I have Chiron um, in my sorry the fifty one in my Chiron as well, mm. and I'm just about to turn forty eight, so Chiron's just around the corner for me. For me, uh. so tell me a little bit about your don't don't pull that face. Um, <laughs> tell me a little bit about your experience. I love it. It's fine. I'm super fine. No, you're you're totally fine, and I'm fine too. I mean, I'm fine. You know what I mean? Obviously, I wasn't. I didn't have to live under a bridge. <laughs> didn't have to get a divorce even, <laughs> not even anything really on paper that was major. So, um, okay, well, you know, it's interesting. It seems that um, for myself, my husband, and also another friend of mine, a very close friend of mine, she actually works with me too, and she's just a little bit younger than I am. Let's see. Um, she's about six months younger than I am. And so it seemed to be about 18 months, 11 to 18 months, I think, before the actual Chiron return date that all three of us got a shock in our specific area because gate 51 is the gate of shock. It is aptly named. <laughs> and I mean, again, it wasn't, it, it, it turned us all into something that is really great. I'll tell you my friend, she, it was something in her partnership that dramatically it pulled the rug out from underneath her. And from that having happened to where, and hers probably is just about to, she maybe hasn't, maybe she may be still in the pre-shadow, but anyway, she has, she has really aligned. She's a five, two, and she has really aligned with that activistic spirit, the divine feminine. She's going to school to become a women's, um, what is it? It's like a uh, health uh, advocate and a doula. I mean, she's like, boom, you know what I mean? Like she's. Yeah moving through school and she's so powerful. She's a projector, emotional projector. For me, it was, I mean, honestly, it was purging a lot of, of gate 19 stuff for me because codependency. And I had, I had a partnership, not my husband, um, a, a business and supposedly friend friendship. And it had to, it had to explode and it, it, it did explode. I found out that this person was being irresponsible with money and it, and it, it unceremoniously ended this partnership really dramatically and a bit painfully because there had been, you know, some mishandling of my money and, and I had known this relationship needed to end for about two years. I was, I was awake to my codependency. And, but you know, when you get ensnared in that kind of situation, it's really hard to disentangle unless you get a big shock and then you just got to boom, you know, hit, hit your, 
hit yourself on on your ass, yeah. if you will, but if I can say that word. Oh, you can say whatever you, you have want a clean rating, but <laughs> <laughs> I know. I look at that sometimes. I'm like, mm, <laughs> if you if you mark one of them as explicit, it will be explicit the rest of the time. But I don't know if it matters anyway. Mm. Well, <laughs> one no of the one's episodes. told me off yet, and I definitely <laughs> dropped the f bomb. So uh, it should be okay. good. It should be good. Um, I love that. And you know what's really interesting? I always find so much of my energy. Um, you know, like it, it, it's happening way before the date, if you like. Yes. And, um, yeah, mm-hmm. there's some crazy ass stuff going on in my life right now. My mother sadly yeah. died not long ago. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yes, and, yeah. and, um, yeah, there's some other crazy ass stuff going on in my life already. Yeah. So I feel like that's mm-hmm. the, the beginning of the Chiron, which is good because, right. you know, whatever, whatever it looks like, it's going to be better than, than it was. So yeah. happy days. It's true. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And so the post shadow, I feel like I'm really coming out of the post shadow now. So the return was actually in June and we're in November now. And um, there's still, you know what I mean? I'm still like, but still feel it, but it's a lot. Weirdly, we also had Saturn in retrograde for a while. And it was seemed like when Saturn went direct, which at this point, I think it was just about a week ago. I can't remember. And I was like, oh, I felt that because there was a lot. It aligned with that Saturn retrograde for me. And when Saturn's retrograde, it seems that I get I, the anger finds its way from deep in my Kundalini source and yeah. <laughs> wants to be purged. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, there's been yeah, so many be massive emotions going on for the last mm-hmm. few weeks. It's, it's crazy, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's mm-hmm. so much going on. So I feel like we're all feeling... I think it's the speed of evolution, you know, it's that that Mm -hmm. speed of, of, you know, how fast consciousness is rising, how much change is happening. Um, I want to talk to you about AI because I loved a a recent um, podcast that I was listening to of yours where you talk about AI through the frame of consciousness. Um, And I just thought this was brilliant because for me personally, it's something I keep saying to Taylor um, who helps me with the business. Um, I'm always like, we need to get onto this AI thing. Mm-hmm. And then there is a part of me, you know, like my, my authority is like, mm, mm, just hang on, you know, you need to find the right information. And I don't mean right as in getting it right. I mean, correct and aligned information. Yeah. So when mm-hmm. I was listening to your podcast, I was like, right, this sounds more like it. So I've got a lot of listeners who are either transitioning out of corporate into their own business or, you know, redefining what, what work means. So I'd love to start to just have a bit of a conversation about AI because I know for me I'm not very well educated on it. Um, and if anything, I've listened to way too many podcasts of people saying all the bad things that would happen with AI and not so much the resourceful things. So I would love your direction because I know that you do it in a formal way, like you've helped classes of people where you are a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um uh, understand AI and potentially ways they can implement it in their business. But could you start by just giving us a little bit of an uh, of an overview of you know the AI where it is at mm-hmm. right now, and and why does it matter to us as business owners or people who are trying to improve their social media or other ways that we could be using AI? Well. So where it is right now is a bit of the wild, wild west in, you know, in a, in a, in a bigger sense that may not totally affect people like us quite yet, but eventually it will. And what we really want to recognize is that, you know, we were in the, in our parents or grandparents age, depending on our age, that was the industrial age. And 
things got a lot faster because they had machines and assembly lines. And then we moved into more, um, then we moved into the information age starting in the 90s. And then now what age are we in? We are in the consciousness age. Now, what we want to look at are the commodities of each of those. And when I mean this, I mean the, you know, life, as we learn from the third gene key, life is actually meant to be cooperative. So that is, that is designed to be cooperative. But the shadow aspect of that would then probably be the converse. It would be, it would be competition. So if we're looking at, again, not, not to blame, but it's really good for us to be aware of that. So the commodity for, to, for, um, those who would be, uh, mining human, humanness, <laughs> humanity, the commodity during the industrial age was labor, you know, to be able to, and just plain dollars. You know, we had the gold standard then and all of that. The information age was our data and they just have our data, right? Like they just have our data. <laughs> All of the days. Slightly uncomfortable about the whole thing, trying not to let it, you know, sit around in my mind for any period of time. Yeah. Well, and so that's the thing. If we can think back to when we, when the information age was bubbling up and we were signing away our data and we were wondering, do we need to be concerned about this? And so, you know, that's the place that we are right now with AI in the consciousness age. And What's funny is that I, I said in the podcast episode you're referring to that two years ago, I, you know, there's the thing of, I would say of reflectors, we have a kind of almost, we're almost like prophets because we do see the big picture way in advance. We get this, all of the openness, we get all the neutrino field. I mean, so much of the neutrinos coming into us. And I, I, I was saying something to this class and I think it was called, it was spiritual technology that the consciousness age that in that, in this age that we're moving to, the commodity is our consciousness, our conscious awareness. And my class really couldn't understand it. And they're like, what do you mean? And I, it hasn't happened yet. So I didn't know. I'm like, I don't know. I just, that's what it is. Can, you know, it's too early to even have language for it. And then the example I use in the podcast is because I, I'm in, I'm in Los Angeles and my, my family business is tangential to the Hollywood industry because we rent our podcast studios, not just podcasts, they, we rent them to production companies. And, um, you know, actors are literally having their essences stolen from them and writers as well, meaning their art. For actors, it's their voice and their likeness, and they're using AI to reconfigure it without paying them and without getting, you know, a stamp of them that basically... If I wrote something and said it was Emma's and used a lot of your words and your concepts, but you didn't get to sign off on that, number one, what if they're misquoting you or misusing your essence? It's not just your identity, which yeah. is more of the data age, it's essence. So that's the shadow. That's the thing we need to be concerned about. And we're not even at the place of, you know, like the of metaverses happening. We are still in the internet. We're still in web 2.0. When Web 3.0 comes, then that's going to be a whole different thing. And essentially, we're already in the place of our consciousness being accessed. The conditioning that we understand has been tripled, quadrupled exponentially, and people are unaware of the fact that they're being conditioned. Mm. So with AI, it just, again, speeds all of that up so much. AI literally sources our essences. Yeah, this is, I don't know if you know, Sarah Silverman, Sarah Silverman um, actually sued, brought a lawsuit against, I think, being AI because they 
they plagiarized her. They used her jokes, but because they just are, they're crowdsourcing all of the information, but that includes yours and my intellectual property, but really it's like the essence. It's even more granular than something than intellectual property because we don't have proper guidelines around it yet. On the other hand, it does speed things up for us too. So as entrepreneurs, being able to use it ethically with integrity is going to put us on the same playing field as everyone else. It's just raising the threshold where we can all stand together. So we do need to figure out how to use it ethically, talk about how to use it ethically. And we need to, and the way we use it ethically and with integrity is to do the creative. So the, that's the shadow aspect of it is that, you know, it does, it does source our essences. However, on the other side, as entrepreneurs or just anyone, you know, honestly, we do, we do want to understand it and engage with it ethically and with integrity, which means that instead of allowing it to, to source and, and steal someone else's essence, we have to actually give it the essence. We have to give it the creativity. So we have to learn with things like language models like ChatGPT, we have to learn how to create prompts and how to train it so it is the assistant. That's like a little bit of it. Beyond that, there is, it's even way more complex than that, that when it's where we're going because it can become sentient. It just, it can. And we've seen that. And that's what we also have to be on guard about. Mm. And like, I love that. And the term you used earlier on, which I just loved, and I feel like this is a whole another podcast episode is spiritual technology. You know, Mm -hmm. like I love Mm -hmm. the concept of that. And one of the businesses that I work a lot with that, um, I have them on the podcast, they, they teach within my community, um, are the guys from FLFE. I don't know if you know the FLFE, the Focus Life Mm -hmm. Force Energy. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And they basically, um, uh, they have this um, uh, technology that sends the consciousness level to a place, to a phone. It mitigates mm-hmm. EMF, all that sort of stuff. And one of the things mm-hmm. that I really love about these guys is that um, they're all about making the planet better, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that there there is this 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 choice that we're making right now. Like, are we? We used to say vote with your dollars, you know, like mm-hmm. buy the products that, that you believe in. And now I think it's like you've got to vote with your consciousness. You've got to yes. be choosing to align with those businesses that are actually here um, with a higher consciousness. They're driven to uh, make the, the world a better place. Like these guys, I was just reading some of their research and um, some of the stats about their business and only like 10% of their business um or at least 10% of the work that they do is the business. 90% is they give the rest away. They do, you know, they help everyone else mm-hmm. instead of, you know, generating income. And I think that this is so the, the direction that we're going in. So how do we stay, in your opinion, how do we stay the right side of, of AI? Like how do we even mm-hmm. do that from a spiritual or high consciousness perspective? Well, I think we do have to expose ourselves to it. We do have to, we have to spend some time learning about it and educating, investigating. I'm an investigator, right? I got that five one. Yeah. <laughs> we I do love need it. to, we do need to get onto it because just imagine going back again to the beginning, toward the beginning of the information age. And we just said, I don't feel like reading this thing. I'll click the box. And so, yes, they get all my data. If, now, I'm not one to read contracts. It's overwhelming to me. But if we had somehow all, gotten educated about that, you know, 
that's and then it had to just come it had to explode on the other end and you know meta or you know zuckerberg got in trouble and all of that so i don't know i mean we with from this side of it with the information age they have our data what are they doing with it mostly they're trying to sell me things we're coming back to consciousness yeah. don't be sold on something so that was you see the gradation or we're, we're moving up in this yeah so being be, becoming educated about it and um we do need to honestly keep ourselves awake and awake is meaning like i don't i i'm a hypnotherapist as well and we when we talk about spiritual technology or consciousness technology it's moving into different states when we move into alpha or something other than beta we are suggestible and that means that we are vulnerable which is like like our centers are all open like a reflector or yeah. except without the resilience or the so we need to be aware of when we are in a suggestible state and then we also are utilizing our suggestible states for our own personal discipline discipline remembering that discipline the word is disciple and to what or whom are we a disciple so we need to be mm. disciplined about how we are stewards of our own consciousness Oh. and it is it's a stewardship that we're talking about so with ai we can't we we need to not be lazy and just say write me a thing oh yay that's the end of it we need to still be that we need to be in the even more res self resourceful self responsible self knowing disciplined person in order to use these tools that's mm. what we that's so we do need to learn a lot about it and we need to be the master of it if we <laughs> if I may that. use that word. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I think that that is like this overarching theme because for so long now and I mean when I say so long I say <clears throat> you know maybe a decade we've been watching this play out like how much mm -hmm. has life changed in the last 10 yeah. years and I think what's mm -hmm. fascinating is how unconscious people have become, you know, mm -hmm. our, our attention, you know, I often talk about the most important thing you have is your focus, you know, mm -hmm. your attention, your awareness, mm -hmm. because you're creating your reality with that, you know, the language that you use, the things that you will focus on, what you want to manifest, um, you know, all of it, it all comes from what you choose to put your attention or your awareness on. And I think that this is, so I love what you said, because I, I feel that sometimes we avoid stuff because I know there's definitely a part of me that's kind of like, God, I'd love to avoid AI, you know, mm -hmm. because on so many levels it doesn't align with my values. However, I also understand that there's no avoiding it. It's like yeah. get on the train or be left behind. So mm -hmm. being able to go into something in this really conscious manner I think is great advice for everything. You know, like mm -hmm. I often joke with my sort of <clears> – <throat> circle of people will be sitting talking about something and the next moment we see a post on Instagram like <laughs> you know like there it is but in and the same breath we don't spend hours worrying about it we're like okay yeah. well you know turn the things off make sure that mm -hmm. your phone isn't isn't allowed to listen to things and blah 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 so there's things that we can educate ourselves on mm -hmm. however we have to be on the train like we still have mm -hmm. to you know move forward so finding that balance, I think, is so super, super important. And I just love, I love the way there was something else you said on the podcast that I just love. And it was something along the lines of, you know, your spiritual evolution is your personal development evolution and your mm -hmm. personal development evolution is your spiritual evolution. Yeah. And the reason I love this so much is because I think that so many people try to separate the two. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it's like in human de design, they'll say, oh, my God, I'm a reflector in my personality, but I'm a generator in my body. I'm like, dude no. you can't pull the two apart like they're all like they work together 
So, you. you know, don't <laughs> freak out because, you know, that's not a thing. I mean, it's something to learn. It's something to mm-hmm. experiment with. Um, and I really loved that, hearing that from you, because I think in one of my things that I'm very vocal about with human design, I think where we really let ourselves down with human design is we get really married to the knowledge and we forget that we have a supercomputer that actually needs retraining between our ears because it's the thing that's driving um, and, and we need the heart to be driving. It's not about our human design driving. It's about we need to move from the head to the heart. Human design is this beautiful roadmap to do that. Um, yeah. But we do have to be doing the personal development. We have to be changing mm-hmm. the mind just as much as aligning to the energy. So I really loved hearing you talk about, um, you know, spiritual technology and personal development and spiritual development and br- bringing these together. It's just so powerful. Okay, my business owners, people who want to start a business, anyone who wants to use human design in your business, do not hit the fast forward button. Emma will be with you in like 30 seconds, but until then, just hear me out. I want to share with you one of the best pieces of advice that we've ever received in running our own business, and that is to always be looking for ways to move people from a platform that you don't own to a platform that you do own. What does that mean? That means that moving people from your socials, podcast, anything like that, platforms that you don't own onto a platform that you do own, meaning your email list, is one of the most important strategies when you're running a business. And the way that Emma and I do that in this business is through the human design chart software that we have on our website that we get asked about every single day. And if you know anything, you know that we are obsessed with it. Because not only has it brought in nearly 20,000 new leads into our business in less than 18 months, which is just absolutely insane, it also helps us communicate with our audience, build a community, nurture people, show them how much we love them, give them free resources, information, teach human design the way that we want to teach it, and direct them to other modalities that we're passionate about. This body graph chart software is such an amazing tool that if you use human design in your business in any capacity, I cannot recommend it enough. If you're ready to get this on your website ASAP, and again, I couldn't recommend it more, just go to the link in the show notes and find the link for body graph chart. And these people are amazing. Their customer service is amazing. And they have offered all of our listeners 50% off of the software for 12 months if you use the code human design podcast all together, all lowercase. So please go check that out. Please don't hesitate putting this on your website. It is a game changer. And again, it's moving people from platforms that you don't own to platforms that you do own so that you can grow your business, thrive, build a community and serve them in a way that makes sense for you. So go do it. What are you waiting for? Enjoy this episode. Oh, that's great. You know what? Thank you for that. And you know what you're going to love is this thing that... <laughs> so, um, you know, a lot of times when we're we're packing in the knowledge, we're packing it all up into the head and everything, and you have someone who will go, I'm trying to understand. And there's even a tendency to like gesture to the head. I'm trying to understand. And you're literally standing under it. It's not going into embodiment. And from the below the neck is the subconscious, aka unconscious. And that is the true, that is the, where intuition is. That is the manifestate, that is where, how manifestation happens. Nothing like you said, this is not the driver, this is the driver. So when we're trying to understand, we're literally holding knowledge up here and it's not coming into the body and making true changes. So we have this 
this is an antiquated model. This is a conditioning. And this is honestly why I think as a spiritual technology, religion is antiquated now. Because uh, not to put down, sometimes people have beautiful spiritual experiences through religion, but a lot of religions have a tendency to tell us that there is a separation between God and humans, and that there is a separation between um, being spiritually developed and being, and having, you know, like poverty is pious. And so these are outdated and they're not true and they're not helpful. And if we think about the, for example, the, it's, it's really, you know, the, the gene keys show us this from the, from the shadow, we can't see the gift or the city from this gift. We can't see the city. And then the only way we can see everything is from the city. And it includes those frequencies. It still includes the shadow as a resource. So to separate our spirituality from our personal personal development is bypassing. That's just simply what it is. Transcendence is to go through. Transcendence is to go through that Abraham Maslow hierarchy of self-actualization and then, then beyond. And then what? And then yeah. what? And then higher self, if you like that model, you like that word, that's what they usually use in transpersonal psychology, will then sit in personal self and animate and utilize it and use the will and the actions of personal self. But it's still, it's still all of the, the frequency bands of development are still happening. Anyway. Yeah. yeah I'm on a whole thing. <laughs> but I love it. And I think this is the thing, you know, like <clears throat> we've, if we think about this through kind of like the metaphor of business, what are we taught? We're taught to specialize, to niche, yeah. to get really mm -hmm. down to this fine thing. And I got to tell you, the honest truth is what I'm living and what I'm seeing is it's not, it's an integration. It's a, um, you know, if you look at the science world, everyone is in pillars, biology, chemists, uh, chemistry, physics, and we're starting to realize like, oh, actually everything needs to come together. We need to stop yeah. doing that. We need to stop separating, separating and specializing. And when we bring it all together, um, I think this is where the power sits. And I just, I just love it, love it, love it so much. Now, You've got so many interesting things that I can talk about. I want to talk about the animals. So now I feel okay. like we're going from, from yeah. tech and AI over to the animals. Um, and I also heard that you have, uh, I think you said there was, it was a course manifestation with animal, with animals or. Oh, fairies. Yeah. Probably my fairy manifestation course. I'm actually in the middle of doing it live right now. And yeah, it'll be available, um, on demand right after that. Well, it's, it's, it's partially live because I have a development circle that's always going, but yeah, that's probably what you're. Yeah. Wow. So first mm -hmm. let's talk about, um, let's, and I, I just got to say again, I love the blend of science <laughs> and spirituality in you. It's so freaking cool. Thanks. I love it. Let, let's talk about the animals because I, like I have, um, I have two dogs and a horse and, mm. you know, very, very animal oriented. Like I'm a person mm. who I, I can't hurt anything, let alone even kill an ant. You know, like everyone laughed at me last night because there was a cockroach in the corridor. And I was like, oh, my God, there's a cockroach in the corridor. And then I just kept walking. And they're like, Mom, you need to get rid of the, of the cockroach. I'm like, I just can't do it. It feels wrong somehow. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about this gift that you have to to talk to talk to animals? Like I'm thinking mm -hmm. Dr. Doolittle right now, which is one of my favorite all-time movies. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. Well, I think you, since you love the science and spirituality bridge, um, I will tell you that, you know, we actually have, for example, let's just take mammals. Um, mammals and humans have 
uh, um, the limbic brain, which is a, also called just the emotional brain, we have that in common. And with that, we have the full spectrum of emotions. And we this also drives our relationships. It also drives our you know bonding and it drives our capacity to experience pleasure. It, and so we have that in common. Now, what 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 animals or mammals don't have that humans do have is the human brain, which is the ventral lateral cortex, which is responsible for all of the language. So if you can imagine, as many of us have heard, we have 60,000 to 80,000 thoughts per day. That's probably the problem, right? Yeah, I'm feeling it. And it's, it's, all, of the, it's all of the thinking. It's all of the capacity for probably the, the um, crown, the head to receive a lot of inspiration and then for the ajna to be processing. You know, it's probably that. And, and, but animals don't have that. So they aren't all caught up in 60,000 to 80,000 thoughts per day. They have thoughts. But they're, you know, they're they're feeling, they're emotional based. But on that frequency, we can communicate. And every single one of us has felt other people's emotions. And uh, you don't have to have an undefined solar plexus to experience others' emotions. We resonate on the on the frequency of emotions. And so that is the that might be what we're we're actually um, communicating on those finer levels. But they are very intelligent, and you know. Um, and then, for example, other species like the like birds, just for one example, they have something called the mediospiriform nuclei, which we we don't have. But what that does do is it has it's probably the reason why birds, for example, have very high relational relational intelligence, possibly higher than ours. And so, again, there are just different ways that we overlap in experiences. They, they, what I do teach people about in my courses is let's not project onto them, anthropomorphize them. There's something there that is genuine to them, and that's what will blow your mind. That's what will make your heart expand. Mm. But we're all telepathic. You can mm. walk into a room, and again, regardless of your design, what centers are open or not, you walk into a room, your partner or maybe child can have their back to you and you can be like, ooh, there's a mood happening. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's telepathy. Those are the finer consciousness frequencies, the more subtle ones that we all can pick up on. So essentially it is inducing into a state that makes us more makes us more available to that and and translating it into human languaging and experience, you know, communication. But they are they're available to us. It's yes, it's telepathy is, is the and telepathy is emotional as well as mental, you know, mm, it's that. so valuable because what all of the animals of our planet help us to do is ground and help us to remind ourselves that we are nature. Yeah. We are fundamentally nature. Animals and all of nature are much closer in vibratory frequency to the planet, to her own soul. To the and her soul is very close in our respect and our as estimate and what we can perceive to that of what we would say as source energy or life, you know, pure life energy, creator energy. That is very similar, and she is our parent, if you will. She is yeah. half of our parentage. They help us to attune to that by being able to be on in communion with them. So if we want to, we want an antidote to our consciousness being misused by ourselves or by someone else, then let's do that. That will purify our consciousness. Oh, I love that. So one of the things as you're speaking, I'm like, wow. So as you were speaking, the thing that, and I just have to 
momentarily human design geek out. I love that the Please, 19 is, um, you know, a large part of your design. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the 19 is all about telepathy. It's all about mm-hmm. being able to speak through all sorts of different frequencies. So I just love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, so as you were speaking, I was like, okay, so what I would potentially language as, let's say, my dog's personality is like actually it's not it's like it's me picking up on their frequency it's their energy I mean yes it's probably their personality but it goes deeper than that so do you have and because both my dogs and my horse like my my oh that's just gonna say my horse I've done the um, connection chart with with the dogs and my horse and one of the things that's been really crazy and I've ridden um you know, very high level competitive dressage. I'm getting back into it now. I've just got this youngster. He just turned five. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, beautiful little warm blood. And he, um, I've never felt so comfortable on a horse. Like, mm-hmm. and I've ridden like 50, 60, could be more horses. Like I've, you know, cause I used to do it as a profession. I would do it for, wow. I ran a property and I rode, um, you know, campaigned their, their, um, dressage horse and da, 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 all the things. And, of course, I have to look at his human design and I put the chart together and he actually defines my undefined spleen. And I'm like, oh, "Oh my God, that blows my mind because I don't feel afraid. Like there's through my entire career I've always had kind of a a low-level, you know, fear. Like I'm very good at feel the fear and do it anyway. Um, The only other horse that I've ever had was my first horse that feels the same way as the horse that I have now. Um, So... My question is, do you use human design? Like, do you look at the, the design of the animals to um, sort of to communicate with them? Um, and my second part of that question, because I'm so excited, is like, how do you teach people to communicate with their pets? Or is it just something mm-hmm. that you do? Oh, no, I do teach it. So to your first part, it's really hard to use mammalian or human design because almost none, we almost, they never record the birth time, you know? Mm-hmm. So... I would love to. I even have one cat who has papers and purebred, but it just says his birthday. Anyway, like the, my other animals, I don't even know their birthday. So yeah. you have actually your, the, the birth time of your horse? That's I bought wonderful. him off the breeder. So Perfect. Um, yeah. we could work it out. And both mm-hmm. um, both our dogs, again, mm-hmm. I asked like right oh, when, we, yeah. um, when we got them. So they had still recorded. They had it. They knew what the you know their time was. So, yeah, I fully appreciate that. I'm, the, I'm lucky. Yeah. You're lucky. I've definitely gotten into mammalian design. It's just hard to actually put it in practice because so few of us know the birth times. Even if you have papers, it's rare to, you know, you'd have to (laughs) make sure you tell the breeder or whoever it is, you know, take down the birth time usually in advance. And maybe sometime I'll do that. But I have I have birds and I have cats from shelters and it's one, one cat who, but he was a rehome at six years old. He has papers. He is a purebred, but it doesn't say his birth certificate doesn't say his time. I absolutely would love to make more use of mammalian design because I have, I have studied it. I love it. It's just hard mm-hmm. to actually put it into experiment and practice because of that piece. Oh my goodness. And you know, it's one of the yeah. things I really want to do with this horse is I, cause mm-hmm. I don't know, I, ha- I hardly know anything about the m- mammalian mm-hmm. chart. And mm-hmm. um, I really want to understand like, okay, well, what's the best way to train him? Like what's the best way <sighs> to, you know, like let me, and uh, one of the girls in my human, uh, in my um, HDX community, she does all this work with dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's helped me a little bit. And she's given me a few little insights, which is great. But I really want to dive down the rabbit hole with like, I want to train my horse in alignment with his design. So, oh, I would 
hey, I'm offering my let's let's collaborate on that. Let's I would do love it. to. Yeah, that would be a wonderful experiment for me as well because you know the birth time. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, absolutely. let's do that. Mm-hmm. Let's That'd absolutely so do that. I'd love to do that. I love working with people who have horses because you know, like, for example, I remember this one time I was doing an, a, a session, you know, an animal communication session with someone who with her horse. And she's like, I don't really know if I get this or if I even believe in it, but I just thought I'd give it a try. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Because horse people are very intuitive because horses know how to intuitively connect with humans in ways that are like beyond yeah. what most other animals that we have those kinds of, you know, that we have familial relationship with. They somehow, I mean, it's it's not really the right thing to say horses are the most intuitive because all animals are just completely intuitive, but they somehow bridge that human bond with their intuition and stimulate a human's intuition in a powerful yeah. ways. So it's crazy. It's you know like <clears throat> I was trying to articulate exactly this to a dear friend um, over the weekend. Another very dear friend lost her horse in a tragic accident, and mm. she saw it all happen. It was just oh. awful. Um, and I was trying to explain to this person, like, I don't want to put the dogs down because I love the dogs. And, you know, we lost a dog a couple of years ago that was just devastating. I mean, all of them have been devastating, but it's like losing a horse is like losing a human. It's, yeah. there's something very, mm-hmm. I don't know, there's something crazily amazing about these creatures. So, mm-hmm. um, how do we learn to better communicate with our animals? That, so, with your own, okay, let's say if you want to learn how to use animal communication as a skill, like the way that I teach people, I'll tell you the the long and the short of it is altering your, your consciousness. And then I have little visualization exercises that people can use. And then it is really, it's listening and asking questions. But we do have to also ask, I do start with a kind of open-ended interview question with them. Do you want to tell me about your, you know, your job or, or the things that your, your favorite interests or your toys, like those things, you know, kind of give them the floor. And then we have to, you know, allow those images that come through either images, movies, feelings, and um, even language. Cause we know they learn our language. Obviously they can give us our language back to us as a package of information. So, um, but you know, it is actually um, easier to recognize that you are communicating with an animal when you start with someone else's animal, because your own familiar animals, you are communicating with them all the time, but it's like you communicating with your foot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it, they're a part of you. They are an extension of your body. It's like you come from the same oversoul. And so you, after you, so like with your own, with, with your own animal, it's like you, if I said like, what does your left pinky toe feel like right now? You'd be like, I mean, give me like five minutes. I'm going to have to focus so hard to zone in on that. And you could, but if someone even just like brushes by you, who's a stranger, you're like, Ooh, Hey, 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 you know what I mean? Like it's very, the foreign voice, if you will, of another animal that's not your family is more distinctive to you while you're training. And then you can take that process that you're like, oh, and then you get validation also from a human who says like, yes, that is what my cat does. Yes, that is what my dog does. And that is their past, you know. So then we can take that process and then deepen the focus to communicate with our own animals so that we get responses back. However, you are communicating with your animals. They they do. Here's the thing. We have 60,000 to 80,000 thoughts per day. They don't listen to all of them. That would Their computer would short circuit. So if we say their name or we speak with an intention to them, whether it's out loud or in our heart, 
they will hear it. But we do, we also, sometimes they can just like tune us out. You know, I mean, they do tune us out. They have to tune us out. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> you know? I don't blame them just quietly. I don't blame right? them. <laughs> they don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I so, love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's a lot of practice. It is putting yourself in the actual experiment of it, if you will. You know what I mean? Putting yourself in the position of, communicating and seeing it come back to you as an evidential piece of communication that is specific. It's not like um, a guessing. It's not generalized. It's very specific stuff. And then mm-hmm. it's just amazing. It's And they're funny. That's the thing too. As animals are as funny as you think your animals are, and you might think, oh, I'm making something of it. They're that funny and more because they do have sense of humor, senses of humor. They're really Yeah. Funny. So I got to tell you mine, like this is something I see everywhere. And I get that it's in me, like I'm a very humorous person as well, um, but especially all my animals, all my animals. I just, anyway, there's so many <laughs> stories I could share. But I want to ask, um, <clears throat> the other thing that you do is you channel a lot of information. Mm-hmm. And yeah. one of the um, the archangels that I heard you mention that you channel is Metatron. And yeah. Metatron is... Um, some an energy that I've been so drawn to uh, probably earlier in the year I kind of started to go down the sacred geometry mm-hmm. um uh rabbit hole and I just love it so tell us like how do you work with Metatron like and what does that mm-hmm. energy feel like when you're channeling it and of course mm-hmm. any hot tips from Metatron <laughs> like anything we need to keep our awareness on <laughs> Oh, okay. Sure thing. Well, you have a very strong, do you mind? I I mean, because you're sharing, I'm feeling you have a very strong connection with Metatron. And so Metatron, the the name is actually, meta means outside or beyond or above, you know, it means something, it, it is a property greater than. And Tron is like a word for the matrix. So it is beyond, above or outside of the matrix. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And this is you, you, this is so your energy and I'm getting chills right now. Yeah. Metatron often comes into people's experience to call them forward. You know, if you're a two line and you, you need to step into something, Metatron's going to come, but he really is. It's almost like he, he calls us forward and it is a potent, I want to say it is a, it is a, it's a strong energy. It's um tough love, but still very much love. You know, it's very sobering. This is what I think of Metatron's energy when it's direct, but still completely, but in a way that makes you go, fuck yeah. You know what I mean? Like it makes you feel good. It makes you feel not really rescued because one time very specifically as I was channeling Metatron, he said, you are your own rescue. You are your own rescue. So, um, hot tips about from Metatron, um, how to connect with him is just simply with like any invite invite the frequency in. If you have a name and you have some touchstone for it, it's really just the picture. It's an egregore of that energy that is a universal energy that we are all connecting with. And you'll, you, you can feel him as this strong energy. It's very safe. Um, I don't, I wouldn't even say paternal, honestly, because it's not authoritative in that sense at all. It's more of the authority of, of, um, of, of us, of the collective of us all and your truth. You know, just saying like, come on, come on, come reason with me. We got this. You know, you got this. So hot tips, because he does want to talk about I'm, I'm, I'm talking to him mediumistically right now. He says, thank you so much for talking about that, which you might refer to as artificial intelligence. But we want to remind you that it's augmented intelligence and it's only 
it's only augmented intelligence. What does augmentation mean to us in, in the language for humans? It means not the genuine thing. It means not the true thing. It means something that is, it is able to create. If, if we utilize it correctly, it will, it will allow us to expand consciousness other, lest we, we, if we do not allow it to expand consciousness, then it will add artifices, artificial um, augmentation. I'm, pardon me. I'm thinking of like, you know, breast and augmented breasts. Yeah. And, you know, not to not to speak poorly of anyone who makes yeah. those kinds of shifts. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But to have some kind of um, uh, some kind of false safety or false presentation. The opportunity is, though, for the expansion of the augmentation to be able to be to utilize it to push against it so that it makes you stronger, because that is what gravity is. Gravity is you pushing it just like your challenges, just like your gifts and your challenges both alike or like gravity against which you push to make yourself stronger. So this is a technology that can, that can go either way. It has a very binary um, utilization that can happen. And so the opportunity is for you to really become the masters of it because it is moving quickly and it is helping us. Okay. Thank you. He's telling me it is what the next what the next next thing is, and as we move past 2027 and everything, we have this opportunity for dimensional, multidimensional experiencing and dimensional traveling even. And this comes by consciousness technologies. So this will cut a lot of the fat out of the process, just like your machines did. And the, uh, you know, at the turn of your century, and the last century. And that is what we, this is the precipice upon which you stand. But just like the frequencies keep ex, ex, um, getting faster and faster one from the other, the humans with their bodies that do not evolve as quickly need to go the other way around and become more natural, become more attuned to its nature. That is the only way that then you can welcome in the full dimensionality of your consciousness and to be able to then make these augmented intelligence tools tools and not masters. Wow. It was a semi, semi-channeling. I was trying not to go <laughs> oh too far God. in so I wouldn't go too long. <laughs> I love that. And it's so powerful because like instantly what it makes me think of is, you know, I love the whole biohacking thing, you know, like mm-hmm. I love, I want to live a lot. And ever since I was tiny, I would like, if I had a wish, it'd be like to live a long, healthy, happy life. Like that was the yes. wish that I always asked for. Mm-hmm. And you know, sitting at the place where I'm sitting at, like I love biohacking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, however, one of the things that's fascinating is watching myself go through this journey of like, I'm fascinated by biohacking. I'm fascinated by the science, like there's supplements that I'm taking. And then my feminine, almost like she jumps in and goes, oh, for God's sake, you don't need that. You know, like it's ridiculous. You know, you just, you need to balance this stuff out. Um and really, I love what you said because the more that the technology amplifies in our life, the more mm-hmm. we have to be grounded and yes. in, in our physical bodies and being healthy and happy and connected to the planet. And I, for me, that feels like so, so true at the, at the mm-hmm. core. Yes, yes, that's right. I hadn't, I hadn't asked him about that in a while, maybe even like two years. It was before AI that I talked to him about the spiritual technology. By the way, when I say spiritual technology, I mean things like meditation. I mean things like hypnosis. I mean things like human design, which is a synthesis of four ancient observational sciences, which were all, you know, consciousness technologies or spiritual technologies, plus this new one, 
that's only new to us because it's new to us, but mystics have been on the tip of what quantum physics has been, exactly. <laughs> been able to explore for, you know, just recently. So exactly. Um, and I love that because it puts it in the same, you know, it puts everything in the same, um, all on the table at once, which again is yeah. something for me because I came from a very science-based background. Mm-hmm. And then when I started to read the science, the personal development, the spiritual development, um, and was like, hey, guys, you're all saying the same thing over here. Like you actually all agree yeah. on this. Um, you know, that was a really big turning point for me. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Trisha, I could talk to you forever. You have so oh, many. You're like, a, you're like an MG. This MG is taking you on a really... <laughs> diverse journey through you and what you do in the world. Um, I would love people to know where they can find out more, where they can work with you. Where is that? My website is my name, Trisha Carr, with the word charm, T-R-I-C-I-A-C-A-R-R, and the word charm, like magic. My podcast is Charmed Life with Trisha Carr. And and you're going to be on very soon. I'm excited. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. And uh, who knows where we'll go then. Um, And so, yeah. And on my website, you know, I I have a lot of on-demand courses that you can make also uh, alive because I have an ongoing community that's for intuition and manifestation development. And so people are in there practicing either their manifestation practices with one another or giving psychic intuitive readings, whatever it is that they have, um, you know, developed. And um, so right now we're just, we're in the middle of doing the first iteration. Well, I mean, I've done it a few other times, but I'm re I'm rebooting, I'm re recreating my fairies and um, nature elementals manifestation course. And so there are people in the sacred sphere, which is my, that live community uh, practicing their fairy readings. And it's so cool. It's so rad. And you'd love to hear about fairies too, because they actually literally work with our reticular activating system. Which you, you heard of that? Yeah, That's yeah, 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 yeah. Our focus, they, baby, our focus had. baby. <laughs> Oh my god! They work with that. They're right at that tip. So wow! Um, I actually actually did an intuitive um, reading for a friend of mine once when I was going through my intuitive course, and I remember like I don't know where I am right now, but there's like little magical people everywhere and fairies and all sorts of cool stuff. And I remember thinking at the time, oh, I want to learn more about that, and never kind of went all the way around. So it sounds fascinating. Do you have five or 15 or the channel or either gate? I have five. Oh, so there you go. That's one of the fairy gates. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my God. What are the other fairy gates? 15, five and 15. And the channel, if you had the whole channel, that's the fairy channel. And um, But then also, you know, like 19, if you have 19, that is the. Yes. You do have 19 as well? Yeah. Yeah. So that's like you said about telepathy and synesthesia and communicating with all of the realms of, you know, of energy. Yeah. So you have your, you're, you're, I mean, of course we have everything, right? Yeah. But no wonder you have a, a, a kind of a primary about that. Claire sentience then because you have 19 would be one of your dominant, if not your most dominant Claire, mm. you know, your mm. psychic ability. Mm. So, but I also do have, I, I still, I work one-on-one with people. I have a small set of that and I do mentoring, um, spiritual development, hypnosis and readings. I do channel, like I do full channeling sessions these are really potent people do them maybe once per year because i wow. i do a full channeling and then i also always do some hypno healing and and that's uh yeah oh my goodness that all sounds fascinating i'd love to talk <laughs> to metatron that would be oh yeah cool. i know um, i would love to 
as well for you. <laughs> so, Trisha, thank you so much for joining me. This has been so cool. Um, for all of you out there that are feeling a little bit like me, sorry, we ran out of time, couldn't go deeper on all the things, but I got a little bit of everything. This MG, like I stuck to my energy. Um, thank you so much for joining me, Trisha. Oh, it's such an honor. Thank you so much for creating this wonderful platform for our beautiful world. Oh, you're so welcome. And thank you. I received that. Thanks everyone for listening today. I trust you got what you needed from today's episode and I so look forward to having you on the next one. Bye for now. Thanks everyone for being here all the way to the end of the podcast. I hope you got lots of value out of it. I certainly had a lot of fun doing it. Could I please ask that you share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also, bonus points, could you leave a review for me as well on Apple? It would be greatly appreciated. If at any point you would like to be on the podcast or you've got questions that you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, by all means, get on my socials and DM me. Everything you need is there in the show notes. Have an awesome day. Bye for now.